Welcome to Financial Frameworks Podcast 22, Holding On to Your Money Using ESG Investing. Financial Frameworks' goal is to help you increase your financial decision-making skills, building on what you already know. The approach to finance here is sound fundamentals with a practical bent so that you have a solid learning experience. You have a better chance of sticking with a plan if you know why you're doing it, you believe in it, and the techniques make sense to you. Recent podcasts have focused on using investments to hold on to your savings. We've talked about stocks and bonds and savings accounts and CDs. Recently, an associate asked me what I thought about the safety of ESG investing. After he asked that question, I spent a couple of weeks revisiting the subject. I'd looked at it before and I believe in ESG investing, and there's always been an element of that in the way that I look at the world. But I went back and looked at the current thinking with regard to ESG, or environmental, social, and governance investments. And I'm also aware from the financial press that younger generations of investors are more interested in this approach as a formal approach than previous generations. So I think this is a good addition to holding on to your money. In this podcast, we'll define what ESG is. We'll use multiple definitions. Then we'll talk about finding them, how to look for them. Third, the criteria that you use to evaluate them. And then after you have made some selections, how you might test that selection, measure its results, We'll finish up with an example and some questions for you. So the definitions. We'll start with an organization that is devoted to financial standards and integrity, the CFA Institute. Their definition of ESG is traditional investing delivers value by translating investor capital into investment opportunities that carry risks commensurate with expected returns. Sustainable investing delivers value by balancing traditional investing with environmental, social, and governance-related ESG insights to improve long-term outcomes. Sustainable investing can be seen as part of the evolution of investing. There is a growing recognition among industry participants that some ESG factors are economic factors, especially in the long term, and therefore important to incorporate. That's the CFA Institute. The second organizational definition that we'll use comes from Investopedia. Investopedia defines environmental, social, and governance investing as a set of standards for a company's behavior to be used by socially conscious investors to screen potential investments. Environmental criteria consider how a company safeguards the environment, including corporate policies addressing climate change. Social criteria examine how the company manages relationships with employees and suppliers. And governance deals with the company's leadership, executive pay, audits, internal controls, and shareholder rights. So that's a much more nuts and bolts type of definition, specific things that you can look for. The third definition I'll give you is from a large international brokerage firm. They approach it sort of clinically. They say their objective is to seek long-term growth of capital. 
they define their ESG strategy as normally investing at least 80% of assets in equity securities of climate-aware companies. The climate-aware companies must be working to address climate change or its impacts either indirectly through their corporate strategy or directly through the technology services or products they provide. They go on, but that's the essence of it. The second brokerage firm, again, large, well-known, starts out by asking, what is ESG investing? ESG investing typically assesses the factors listed below, environmental, social, governance, and offers a way for you to invest in funds that consider these issues as important. They then go on to list five bullet points for environmental, one of which is air emissions and air quality, Second is energy use and conservation. They all go on to social, labor standards and employee relations, production quality and safety, and then governance, ethical business practices, board independence and diversity. So I've given you four definitions. They all focus on core issues, but they're very different. And they come at it from different perspectives. So what you should get out of that is that there's flexibility. Flexibility that you should feel free to employ yourself in how person categorizes a company as belonging in the ESG world. I'll give you an example later on that will reinforce that. So let's ask the question, why is this a hot topic right now? Why are people interested in it? Have they never been interested in it? Is this just a black and white, somebody flipped a switch? And I think the answer to that question has three parts. First, I think some very smart people have figured out that we really need to do things differently in order to survive. It's really serious, and it has not been taken as serious institutionally or broadly by the general population before. Secondly, these and other smart people have found ways to make money in new and different ways. For example, electric cars. Firms are making money selling electric cars. They did briefly at the turn of the century in 1900 but because uh, battery storage and battery creation was not as feasible then as it is now, electric cars went away. So this is not new, but it is a new way of doing things. Other industries related to, and we'll stick with the car industry, have become monetized where they weren't before. Carbon emissions, pollution, recycling costs, etc., are now being monetized. They're worth something. And as I've watched the investing world evolve over the past 40 years, I've seen that the way that realities, realities like economics or returns on investment or external costs or the value of labor, that's pretty, that's a whole podcast by itself, how labor is valued. The way that these things are being measured is changing. Things like carbon production or environmental impact that were not measured in 1980, but were talked about, have gradually become measurable and are now part of mainstream investing conversations. I understand that a lot more work and a lot more attention is needed. I'm not saying that, that we've come as far as we need to, but I have seen that shift. We've gotten to the point where investors understand that sustainable returns include a wide variety of measurements such as those in the ESG definitions I gave you, and we'll talk about later. The third part of the answer is that individuals 
and institutions understand that resources or they believe that resources are more scarce than they used to be. There's no two ways around it. Have a conversation about the Colorado River, West Coast agriculture and urban centers. Okay, so that's the why. Now let's look at where and how to find these ESG investments. You've decided this is a good thing to do. And you say, okay, how do I find them? Lehan's third rule of investing is to build on the work that others have already done when you can. So you do this in two ways. You Google ESG investing and you will get the usual 2 million responses. But you look at the first couple of pages because you have to figure that to get your attention, the entries that you're looking at have done, those companies have done a fair amount of work to get your attention. They put some thought and some energy and some effort into it. And while they're trying to sell you something, there has to be some substance there. So it's sort of like reading the newspaper. You don't know what you're going to find in the newspaper. So you pick out those that seem most reasonable to you and you look at them and you think about what they have to say. The second thing is if you have an account with a brokerage firm, go to the research section of your account or the research tab on your computer screen and type in ESG investing. They will come back to you, I believe, with some topical information, such as what is sustainable investing, what is ESG investing, why invest with us, how are ESG stocks rated, that sort of thing. And then they will take you to some specific choices. Since this doesn't cost anything, take your time and wade through the material. Again, it's in their interest to present material that you will be interested in. So they've spent a lot of time and energy putting this together, apply a grain of salt and some Kentucky windage and read it very carefully while you are thinking about your criteria for safety, growth, and ESG criteria. I won't fill in the blanks for you. I usually use a matrix. I love matrices, matrices. and you have the, your criteria listed down the left-hand side, safety, growth, ESG, criteria and across the top you rank them. You could do one through five for ranking or value line investment research ranks stocks one to three. Probably the value line approach is the easiest uh, and it's the simplest and it's the clearest. So I won't fill in the blanks for you, but I will give you my summary criteria. Safety to me means that I'm buying the stock or the fund at a discount to what I think the company's or the fund's intrinsic value is, which is how much it will earn for me in the future. In past podcasts, I've talked about intrinsic value, and I've referred you to a book by Daniel Town called Invested. She does a great job of articulating the Graham Buffett Munger intrinsic value model in a way that you can actually measure things. My second criteria for safety is net operating income. There is safety and liquidity and having large amounts of cash. The growth criteria is simpler, a minimum of 8% annually and on a calculated basis regarding earnings and profits, I will aim for 15% 
but I would accept 8%. Those are my safety and growth criteria. My ESG criteria tend to lean towards environmental impact. And secondly, governance transparency. I may not agree with something that a firm does, but if they will be clear and transparent and open and honest with me, uh, I'll give them a listen. So let's say that you found a couple of stocks. Now we want to do a test drive. How do you test drive a stock? Before purchasing it, you watch it for a period of time, a minimum of one earning cycle to get a sense of what news is reported about them, how they communicate, and what their earnings are for that quarter. The same if you're looking at funds. Watch them for a period of time, and if it is an ESG fund, you examine what the fund's holdings are, what the percentages of each stock, what the turnover is, and how the fund's stocks meet the stated ESG principles of the fund. Third element I would suggest in testing is don't be simplistic. So when I was doing this research a couple of years ago, I assumed the stocks I was looking at would be like Tesla, or there would be the renewable energy division of GE. So in doing some analysis of funds, I found that some of the large holdings, and I'll give you an example in a few minutes, that their contribution was indirect and that through the way they did business, they qualified as ESG, not because their primary product was environmentally related. That's how you test drive it. Let's walk through one example by drilling down in an ESG fund and examining a holding that qualifies as an ESG investment because of the way it does business. You can decide whether it meets your ESG criteria or not. After that, I will have questions for you and additional techniques for you to do this on your own. You have selected a, we'll call it a climate fund from a brokerage firm that you have an account with. You decided on a fund rather than a specific stock because you believe that they've already done some of the research for you and you type in the symbol, the ticker symbol for that fund. You look at the fund's annual return over the past year, the past five years, and since its origin. Then you look at the size of the fund. Does it have a fair amount of money in it? So that if something happened, uh, there wouldn't, uh, the fund wouldn't disappear. Then you look at some rankings by investment advisory firms, Morningstar or whomever. Then you examine the fund's holdings. The fund's holdings are usually ranked in order of the percentage of the portfolio of that stock. Like me, when I first started doing this research, you probably expected to see an environmental firm or a water treatment firm or an electric car company, some sort of company with a sustainable product. Instead, you find that the top 10 companies include firms like Microsoft and Alphabet. So since you were learning, like I was, like I still am, you don't turn away and say, what the heck? You ask yourself, well, how is this in here? What is the, what is the reason? What's the rationale? They wouldn't uh, present something if it weren't reasonably true. So you pick one of the firms to say, okay, let's see what they're doing in terms of environment, 
society and governance. And you pick Microsoft. And the reason you pick Microsoft is it's a $1.8 trillion company. That's its market cap. So they would be spending a lot of money on things that could make a difference in the environment, how they manage their real estate, how they buy supplies, how they deal with waste, how they treat people, so on and so forth. So you say, well, let's, let's see what's going on here. Let's see if that is a good climate-related choice. So you log into the Microsoft website and you type the search term ESG, which gives you a number of choices. I chose to look at Microsoft's Reports Hub to see how they were reporting on climate change or on ESG. Because if a company puts something in writing, well, it's either measurable or it's not. It's either fuzzy and wishy-washy, or it's something that they really can be held accountable for. So I wanted to see how they presented themselves on their website in written terms that they could be accountable for or not. Again, on their report hub, I looked up their corporate governance report and looked up their 2021 environmental sustainability report. I figured the information I was looking for would be there, that they would be describing for me what they have done or haven't done, and also the terms of measurement. So in looking at that report, they divide their world into making their practices carbon negative, water positive, zero waste, and ecosystems. And within each of those sections, they report on getting to carbon negative, getting to water positive, getting to zero waste, and taking responsibility for our land footprint. They look at trends, they outline what's next, and they list the resources that they're committing. There are a number of other subsets, but those are the basics. Because my criteria focus on environment and transparency of governance. So by looking at this page, I accomplish two objectives. They are either going to be transparent here or not. If this is a process of blowing smoke or being fuzzy, I will see it very quickly so I don't have to go look for the transparency. What I find here, and I went into the report in more detail, is I found that they were very clear about their objectives, they were clear about their actions, and they were clear about what they proposed to do next. And given the size of the company, the number of employees, their worldwide footprint, I will decide whether or not I think this is where I want to put my money. I haven't decided yet that they really are making a change or I will go look for a more environmentally focused investment. I have to do more research. One of the things that I remember from reading Warren Buffett is most of the time he said no before he moved on to a yes. Well, it doesn't hurt to emulate him. So I'm not saying no, I'm just saying I need more information. So that's the example of looking for 
a suitable ESG investment. And Microsoft certainly would satisfy my safety requirements. The stock has performed well over the last 20 years, so it satisfies my growth requirements. Now I have to determine whether it meets my ESG requirements. So that is the example. For your own learning process, I would like you to, one, replicate the process that I just went through. Take the time to find an ESG fund and do research similar to mine. You can use the matrix that I recommended earlier. The second task would be to look for a specific stock. The essence of what you're looking for will be the same. The third thing that I recommend you do is after you've found a fund and after you've found a stock, make notes below each choice with the date as to why you thought in your initial research these two choices would meet your needs for safety, growth, and environmental criteria. Also within those notes, list what you think are the major risks or obstacles for the fund and or the stock to overcome in order to achieve the growth and meet your criteria. In Microsoft's case, there will be research out there. All you'd have to do is Google Microsoft earnings and you'll see any number of reports about why their earnings will be up or down for the next quarter. So research with regard to them will be fairly easy. If it is a smaller company with a narrower niche and with a specific environmental product, the research might not be as easy. But that's fine too, because research teaches us a great deal. Uncertainty often leads to clarity. So those are your tasks. I will list on the website Fin Frameworks the resources that I have cited. And I hope that this is helpful to you in holding on to your money, investing safely, and integrating your values with your financial decisions. The next podcast will continue with the theme of holding on to your money. And I look forward to bringing that to you. Mike Lee Financial Frameworks. Thank you.